It is week 11 of the regular season of college football. We're also only weeks away from the end of the regular season into uh, conference championship weekend. Yeah, well, hey, you can't get to conference championship weekend if you don't play the whole regular season. You know, we got to get the the championship games in. It's valuable. (laughs) You You gotta have them. Uh, it's week 11 of college football where we don't really have storylines aside from the, uh, Michigan Connor stallion saga continued this week, much to hilarity. Um, nothing really else to add aside, aside from that. I don't know about you, Mike. Yeah, no, the revelation that, uh, <laughs> Connor stallions, uh, sued his HOA because they tried to, keep him from continuing his vacuum refurbishing business represented himself in court in that lawsuit and then claimed that the entire thing was brought up by a disgruntled Michigan state fan from down the street uh, who didn't want the Michigan football program to succeed, even though stallions at the time had only been working for uh, (laughs) Michigan for a couple months. This uh, dude, it is so funny. This guy is a Michigan super fan who failed upwards into the Naval Academy and parlayed resume buzzwords into a job that has now almost single-handedly destroyed an entire season for the Michigan football program. Not saying that like any anything will come of uh this investigation as far as punishment goes this season, but it's more just the fact that his actions have completely derailed the conversation from Michigan might be the best team in the country to Michigan employed this wacko uh, vet to spy on other teams. It's just such a hilarious twist and one that only could happen in college football, and that's why we love the sport. Um, so, yeah, besides, do I really care about any of the sign, the actual substance of this investigation? Absolutely not. Like, every team's doing this. You see Michigan submitted evidence that – other teams were sharing information about their signals. I guarantee you there are more elaborate schemes going on in college football that we just don't know about. Um, This is just a very, very funny story that I hope never ends. I hope we find out the the, uh, Tiger King-esque documentary that will come out out about Connor Stallions will be must-watch television, and I will be glued to it. (laughs) We, we can dream. It sounds like a, a project for Sicko's committee over on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the games. We got five ranked matchups this week, so five great games. Uh, we'll start with Michigan at Penn State. Michigan's four-and-a-half-point favorite over-under is 45-and-a-half. Uh, I'll start out first. I think Michigan's going to dominate kind of handedly here. Um, they've been playing – pretty well i would say uh, i don't know if you would disagree mike but i think just the better team probably covers here four and a half obviously you're not covering if it's a field goal game i think this will be a touchdown to 10 point game at the end of it and i think michigan probably pulls away pretty handedly with that offense yeah i'm in the, i'm on the same boat um just we'll get it out of the way now uh four four and one last week brings the total record to 58 50 and two that's a 54 percent hit rate uh, not counting pushes, and we're up five units on the year. So treading water once again, hoping to get a winning week in here. So when I go to Virginia to place my legal wagers, yeah, I'm taking Michigan State minus four and a half. I also sort of lean the under. Uh, I Michigan, don't take Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> did I say Michigan State? I'm yes, sorry. you did. Oh, sorry. Uh, Michigan, yeah. 
No, I, I also lean the under here just because I think the defenses are going to play well in this game. And like the only chance that Penn State has is to really shut down Michigan's offense. Um, but Michigan's just the better team. We saw this against Ohio State. Like, I, I know that, you know, this game's at home for Penn State and Drew Aller probably learned some lessons from that Ohio State game. But the bottom line is they just don't have outside talent. And that was the concern that we had with Penn State going into the season. Uh, even somebody who thought they would be much better, somebody like me, is that they just don't have receivers on the outside who can win individual matchups. And the running backs, as good as they are, the off, like can't run behind this offensive line who is consistently, this season at least, not been able to block as well as everybody thought they would. And that has just led to a stale offense at times. Um, defensively, they'll be pretty good. I think from a curiosity standpoint, as, as far as what this means overall, that'll be what is most intriguing about this game is just whether uh, Michigan's offense will slow down at all, playing a defense that everybody, you know, by and large is considered to be one of the best defenses in the country. Um so that, you know, that's the most intriguing question there as far as big picture. But it, with regards to this game, no. this Michigan should dominate and win this game. I'm not a big Michigan person. Uh, my entire history on this podcast has sort of borne that out. But this is a spot to take Michigan minus four and a half. Um, I, I think they cover relatively easily. I think nobody in the Big Ten really gives them a challenge. I think this investigation has added some sort of chip on the shoulder of this team that will carry them to an undefeated Big Ten title. And I think the spot to fade Michigan is when they play somebody else outside of the Big Ten who they can't really carry that motivation into, um, just sort of similar to last year. So uh, all that factored in, give me Michigan minus four and a half. I think they cover – I think they win by at least a touchdown, maybe two. Yeah, and I think this is also, you know, obviously Michigan losing is would be a huge problem for Michigan. Um, it would make everything else a must win, and even then you'd be at risk. But, um, you know, I do think they have a good resume here. I think, you know, the only thing that should really upset you with this Michigan pick would be maybe you didn't get it before it jumped from two and a half to four and a half. But, yeah, I mean, little to no wind, no rain, 45-degree weather, Michigan's used to the cold, even at Penn State. Uh I'm I'm not convinced Penn State is worthy of really being an eight and one team. I thought they kind of struggled here and there on occasion, um, and I wasn't a huge fan uh, of how they've played at times. Like I don't think they've played good enough competition to get better. Where I think Michigan and Ohio State kind of have started to do that, realizing that like getting tested middle of the year is is important. Um. I'm not thoroughly convinced that that Penn State really deserves. And this is a great eyeball test, right? Because uh, they lost to Ohio State 12 to 20. You know, I in theory, if Michigan's better, they do better than that, right? Especially like point difference. So if you're thinking in that regard and you truly do think Michigan, like I do, that Michigan is better than Ohio State this year, it makes sense to take Michigan for minus four and a half. Yeah, I, the only other comment I had on this game is I don't understand why the over at 45 is being bet at a 78% clip on the cash when, like, there's a very good chance that Penn State scores, like, somewhere in the single digits. Um, I could see that happening, absolutely. Yeah, so, like, that that to me is so – and I'm so tempted to, to take that too. It's just the – if it were – 
you know, most of the public is on the over at like a high rate and even the cash is on the over, but at a slightly lower rate, I would take the under, but it's the fact that the heavy betters are leaning even more into the over that gives me some cause for concern. But from a logic standpoint, I really don't get it because the only, like I said, the only chance I feel like Penn State has to win this game is to play the game of their lives defensively and hope that Drew Aller figures out a way to score two touchdowns, maybe three, and that's assuming that your defense gets a, a pick six somewhere in there. But I think Michigan's comfortably looking at putting up somewhere in the 20s, and so I guess maybe that's the logic, but that also assumes Penn State is going to keep pace with them. And I just, like 21-17, if that's around the, you know, where Vegas projects the line to fall, doesn't get you to the total. If they're projecting 28 for Michigan, I guess, and somewhere around like 28-24 um, or, or 20, like 5-21, sort of. Like, I, I don't know. The the – the numbers don't seem to add up here, but um, I'm going to stay away from the total. I'll just take Michigan with the points. I like it. I like it. Um, next game on the slate. This will be a good one, I think. Uh, definitely also the closest in point spread, if you believe that makes a difference. Uh, Tennessee at Missouri. Uh, Missouri is one and a half point underdog at home. Kickoff is at 330. Over-under is 58 and a half. And uh, weather should be nice. 60 degrees, five mile an hour winds. Mike. What do you got? Um, I'm very excited for this game. Let, let, let me start out with this. Yeah, this I'm, will I'm, this will be a lot of fun. This is this is a fight to see who the best team in the SEC is, not named LSU, Georgia, or Alabama. And I know that sounds silly, but these are two very good teams, seven and two. This matters because there is a a chance that one of these teams goes to a New Year's Six Bowl if they win out, and the other might not. Right, the other going. Being seven and three, you're probably not getting into New Year six. If you run the table here, you could be. So this is this is this game matters as a big game. I'm excited. Sorry, I'll let you go first. Um, ordinarily, on and on paper, I love Missouri because I think Tennessee is sort of fraudulent this year. Like the the one win that they have that's of substance was Kentucky and. Even then, that was maybe their best offensive performance of the season. Mm-hmm. And combined with, like, maybe their defense, best defensive performance of the season. And so, overall, I don't think Tennessee's that great a team. This game is on the road um, for Tennessee going to Missouri. And Columbia is such a difficult place to play for teams in the SEC. Uh, maybe it's the travel. Maybe it's just the mindset. Maybe, it, like, they don't take Missouri seriously. I don't know. But Missouri's a damn good team. And they proved that last week. Um, that, which was part of the reason why I stayed off of uh, taking Georgia because I thought Missouri would give them a game. We just got totally hosed on the total. Um, I, I like I don't want to talk about it, but I'll talk about it. Just that that scoop and score that should have been down to the one-yard line and instead Georgia got the ball at the 40, uh, killed us on the total. Um, but So I, I still think that was the right side. But o- overall, like Missouri proved they can hang in that game. It's just coming off of they clear Missouri clearly invested everything they had coming off a of bye week into that game against Georgia, and so how do you get off the mat in a game where you just played you what 
maybe could be considered as well as Missouri could have played overall. Like they mm-hmm. played really well, both offensively and defensively against Georgia. How do you come back against another ranked team that has some talent, that has a unique offense? And it's just such a tough spot for Missouri to come back and win a game at home against a, a pretty good team. So I I lean Missouri here just because I do think they're the better team, but yep. I just can't be compelled to take them knowing that. So I, I'm staying away. I lean Missouri. This game's going to be fun, um, and I would not be shocked at all if, if Missouri just shows that they're a really good team overall. But I just I don't have enough conviction to take them here. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I'm actually going with a somewhat unique one here. Maybe not too unique. Uh, I'm going to go the under here. Um, 58 is pretty high for the SEC. Two teams that know each other, play each other frequently. Um, heated. I mean, every every game in the SEC is kind of a heated rivalry, I would say. Um, and a game that matters uh, very much so. Uh, so I'm going to take the under here. I think these two teams are going to fight tooth and nail for, for every yard. Uh, two, two pretty decent defenses. Nothing that suggests that, you know, either of these teams are going to come out and, and put up 50 or 60. Uh, so give me the under 58 and a half here. I think, uh, I think it ends about 40, 45. I really do. I think you'll be sitting comfortable come the fourth quarter as much as you can be during a college football game. Uh, but yeah, another, I'm very excited for this game. Uh, I do agree with you. I would say probably Missouri is is what I would lean. Um, questionable as to whether or not. I, I don't think either of these teams have like. They've shown themselves a lot, but some of the wins they have are against bad teams. So I'm interested to see kind of a mutual test of equivalent teams, how these guys uh, face adversity, how they face each other. So should be interesting. Yeah, I think. Uh- I think there's no question that Missouri is the better team. It's just the spot they're in uh, really makes this a difficult game for them. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, if if Tennessee wins this game and Georgia doesn't cover, preview to next week, you hammer Georgia. Like, as hard as you can, uh, hammer Georgia. But we'll get to that game, too. <laughs> well, Utah at Washington's our next game. Also a 3.30 kickoff. Utah is a nine and a half point underdog. Obviously, came rising after the season against number five Washington, over under fifty one. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I can start. You've let okay. off. Okay. Um, I I came in to tonight fully prepared to take the over here based on Utah's performance uh, last week where they hung. I think 55 on Arizona state Um, and to expect that this will be a tough game for Washington, because I think that there's a little bit of a sense of security that this isn't the same Utah team that you normally get Uh, 83% of the cash is on the under. So I don't know what Vegas knows about Washington's ability to score on Utah's defense that I don't, Uh, but I'm staying away from this game completely because the thought in my head was that Washington would still cover. They would, Utah would be able to score more than they were against, were able to against Oregon at home uh, to the tune of, let's say, like 14 to 21 points, but that this would go over in the 60s um, in the sense of it would be like 35 21. Uh, somewhere, somewhere, I guess that's not in the 60s, but that's like in the mid fifties, I I thought this would be a relatively 
like I could I could look at this total and say take the over because this is going to be it, it feels like easy points, and uh, that's not the case according to the sharps. So I am just gonna stay away from this one. I obviously I think Washington wins this game by how much I don't really know because they've been sort of meh since they beat uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just really like, you know, they, they played well against USC, obviously. And, and Penix was amazing. They, they ran the ball really well. They won't be able to run the ball nearly as well in this game. Although I think they'll be able to throw it very well. But the question is really like, what kind of offense do you get out of Oregon? Do you get the 55 against Arizona state, uh, off or sorry, not Oregon, uh, Utah. Uh, do you get the 55, point performance that you got out of Utah against Arizona state, or do you get the uh, three point performance that you got against Oregon? So uh, really, I just, I don't know which one of those two teams you get. uh, And I'm not willing to, to really take a position on it. So I'm going to stay away. I'll watch this overall. It'll be fun. I think Washington ultimately wins just because like Barnes for Utah is just not a guy who's going to go on the road and be the top five team. Um, so, yeah, just it, it's intriguing from the sense of what, you know, what does this game ultimately end up looking like and how does that affect the playoff race? But um, I don't think the the result is really in question here. Yeah, yeah, I would be surprised uh, if if Utah pulled this off, to be honest with you. Uh, I also agree, though, the, you know, what version of these two teams we're going to catch, specifically Utah, is, is remains to be seen. I am actually going to take the under here. Uh, I think these two teams have pretty good defenses. I think it's going to be really hard for Utah to get the ball moving. I think it'll be somewhat difficult for Washington to do the same. And I think two familiar teams, you know, it'll be dark by that time. Will it? No, it won't. Daylight savings. No, that's a 12 o'clock kick in on the West Coast. Oh, yeah, 12 o'clock kick on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had to do that math in my head. Um Unfortunately, not in that game, but I still think it'll go under here. I, I I would be surprised unless Washington puts up like 40 and Utah has two touchdowns at the end of the game. Like I would be surprised if this went on over, over like 52. And maybe maybe it still goes over, but like anything above 55 would surprise me because I don't think Utah can put up the numbers on Washington to meet the over. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, look, I totally understand that. Like, once I thought about it more, I, I get it. And the only path to victory for Utah in this game is just to to throw so many wrinkles at Penix um, that he's just not able to operate this offense effectively. But even in the games where they have struggled, it hasn't been offense. Like, Arizona is the only team that really has given them fits uh, and kept them, I think, below 30, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and does that mean they... Utah couldn't do the same thing. Yeah, but at, that game was also at Arizona. So um, do I trust Utah completely to go to Seattle and hold this offense, you know, below the 30s? I I just don't know about that. So I think you're on the right side of the total ultimately, um, even though I said, you know, I thought that uh, this game would be a surefire over bet. I kind of reconsidered that, but. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know what this game ultimately looks like. I'm sorry. I, that is not the only game they've been held under 30. They only scored 15 against, uh, Arizona state, which is shocking. 
Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, I at home. I remember like, that one. That was a weird one. I was yeah, watching. I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, it, well, I, I can tell you what happened. Uh, Penix went fifty percent with two picks and no touchdowns. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, o- overall, like just the the lesson here is too much volatility in this game to kind of have a strong feeling on it. So I am staying away from it. But I I respect the pick. Okay. I don't hate it. Uh, Ole Miss at Georgia, 7 p.m. kick. Uh, Ole Miss is 10.5 point dogs, over-unders 58.5. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one, Mike, because I have a lean. I have a pick. Georgia minus 10.5. Okay. I like it. Um, I'm tell you. Yeah. No, this is just like everybody was on Georgia last week against uh, Missouri. They didn't get it. People will be off Missouri um, – or sorry, people will be off Georgia – Ole Miss played pretty well for most of that game against Texas A&M. Texas A&M really only made it uh, competitive late. I, again, shades of Arkansas walking into Athens a couple years ago where they got absolutely demolished. This is a top-10 team. Um, little stat nugget courtesy of the uh, Cover 3 podcast. Uh, one of Kirby's few SEC losses, his first, I think, SEC loss, was against Ole Miss – Hugh Freeze Ole Miss, and they let up 45, I think, at home uh, before scoring a point. So they were down 45 nothing before they scored any points, uh, which is crazy uh, to think about for a Georgia team now. But that was Kirby's first, uh, I think, home loss in the SEC. Um, Kirby has some motivation to take out on this team. There's reports that Brock Bowers might play. Um don't care if he doesn't. This is just – Ole Miss has been sort of fraudulent this entire year. Um, they didn't play well against Alabama. Uh, they have beaten teams that are on paper good, but they haven't looked really dominant against anybody. And I just – like, if you're – do you think Ole Miss or Mizzou is a better team right now? I, I think there's a very strong argument. To say that Mizzou is, I think it's Mizzou. I do think it's Mizzou. Yeah. So look, I've been hating on Miss Olmus for for a bit now because when they beat Tulane, I really did think Tulane was going to win that game handedly if Michael Pratt was healthy and he didn't start the game. So I've thought they have been coasting off of some lucky wins uh, or or wins that they maybe shouldn't have deserved, and I think they're not as good as some other SEC teams. And I think time and again we've shown that. You know, Mississippi's a mid mid level tier SEC team for the most part. Yeah, no, I mean, and the since they beat LSU at home in that crazy game, they beat Arkansas by seven, who's not very good. They nope. beat Auburn at Auburn by a touchdown. Which, I, granted, you want to say Georgia didn't have, yep. you know, no. sorry, go ahead. That I was going to say that that's exactly on the line too. So that was a push for like from the opening line. So yeah, but like was good. But if you want to say Georgia struggled at Auburn too, that's also like one of the biggest rivalry games in the SEC. Um, They dominated Vanderbilt and they barely beat Texas A&M, who's been reeling all year. I just this feels like a spot where everybody is like maybe Georgia's not really the team, and then they come out and they just smoke a team that everybody thought was decent, and it's just. This is going to be. Um, this is going to be. Uh, it feels like it's set up for a dominant Georgia performance, and 
Georgia has struggled a little bit with teams that run on the outside. Um, that's not Ole Miss's running game. And then it, as far as passing games go, like I, I just don't think Jackson Dart is a dynamic enough quarterback to solve this Georgia defense. And then offensively, Georgia has played with such supreme confidence the past few weeks, even without Brock Bowers, that I, I think that they're going to have some really unique wrinkles for Mississippi's defense. And they get back their right tackle, which is a huge add um, off of that tightrope surgery that he had, I think, a couple weeks before Bowers. So they're getting healthy at the right time. They're peaking at the right time. Their offense has been really good. Um, yeah, give me – I love Georgia in this spot. I, I think I love it almost up to two touchdowns, but I'll take the 10 and a half. Uh, I think that this is – this has the makings of another dominant Georgia performance. I, I, I like the pick. I'll probably tail the 10 and a half. Uh, I also lean the under here, 58 and a half. Um, dominant defense against an average at best offense in the SEC. Like, and Georgia's not an offensive powerhouse. So, like, if Georgia covers or not, I think this stays under essentially 60 points. Um, I would struggle to f- think that Mississippi gets more than, I don't know, 20, 21, three touchdowns, maybe, maybe. Maybe, but I think that's like I, I could see a world where Ole Miss slogs its way to fourteen points. And I just want to say I've been I have read a team I have not read a team better than I have read Georgia this year. Like I was on I was on them against uh, Kentucky. I was on them against Florida. Um, like I, I just I feel like I'm in Kirby Smart's head. And so maybe I'm wrong this time. I don't think I am. I think this will be a dominant Georgia. I can't wait to see. I really can't. This will be the best game of the 7 p.m. slate by far, so it'll be fun to watch. Um, or it'll be the most consequential, let's put it that way. Um, last big matchup of the week, USC at Oregon, 10.30, Pac-12 after dark, baby. Uh, so 10.30 Eastern time kick. Uh, USC is plus 15 over under 73 and a half. Uh, I'll go first here. I, I only have a lean. I lean USC plus 15. Not a very strong feeling about it, but it does feel like Oregon being as hot as they have been. This might be like they've seen the blood in the water and they kind of don't come out firing, if that makes sense. That's how I kind of think this might go. I mean, obviously, like Oregon is covering 27-point favorites against Cal, so it's not unheard of for them to cover against USC. Um, I, I do think USC has struggled a lot. Obviously, losing by 10 last week to Washington doesn't help. Um, you would assume that Oregon, if they were equivalent in skill, having lost to Washington, this would be less than that. But I think people are seeing the writing on the wall of USC quitting on themselves, and that's why they're betting on Oregon. I'm actually going to go lean the opposite here by taking USC in like a get-right, I mean, not get right as in go to the playoffs, but you know you're you're a seven and three team. You're not a bad Pac-12 team. I think fifteen points. If you were to say this line at the beginning of the year, everybody and their mother would have jumped on USC. Um, so fifteen just seems a little too high for me. Uh, so I'll take the fifteen and and see how it goes. Um, I am. I have a play. I, it is not, I'm going to lead this in 
by saying how high I am on Oregon and how much I think they'll dominate this game, but I am not going to take them. I think I think Dan Lanning is probably going to be in the running for coach of the year. I think after their if they beat Washington in the Pac-12 rematch, Pac-12 title rematch, which feels like they're on track to to get to. Um, I, I think Dan Lanning should be in that conversation. I think he's one of the best coaches in America because they just don't have – I think that's what's been most impressive is they just haven't had a down game this year at, at all against anybody. Um, yeah, that's fair. Which is such a difficult thing to avoid in um, – in college football, they just – they have dominated everybody they've played. It, it's really, really impressive. And I think that when he took this job, everybody looked at it as a – this is a stepping stone to a bigger job for Dan Lanning. Nobody's hiring Dan Lanning away from Oregon with their move to the Big Ten now. Like they mm-hmm. – it was such a smart hire by Oregon, so I give them all the credit in the world. And he just – he seems like a guy who just gets it, who knows how to motivate his players and just goes to the jugular at all times. And, and so I think he's already in that conversation in like the top five coaches despite the fact that he hasn't really won anything because of the way that Oregon's playing. I also think that USC should be on quit watch early in this game because USC losing against Washington, Caleb obviously crying and like all of that. Tough to see. Tough yeah, controversy, quote, unquote. Um, like, I, I don't really care. But here's the thing. This is a tough road game. This is their last hurrah, really, because, like, they they care about UCLA as a rivalry game. But, like, there's a chance Caleb sits that game out. Um, it, you know, it, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he waits till the bowl game to sit out. But um, he is uh, – like he's got to be at this point. Like, what am I still playing for? And this offense just has like they looked really good last weekend, but I really think they put all of the juice in a last weekend's game. So the only way that USC really covers this is if they come out hot and they find some sort of sense of belief in the middle of this game that they can actually compete in it. And I just don't think that that's going to happen against an Oregon team that has a better defense than Washington that has way more to play for and has a coach that knows how to get them going for games like this. Um, that being said, 15 and a half is way too many points against Caleb Williams. Like it's just, it's so many points against a guy who can score against literally any single defense in the country. So I'm going to take the under 73 and a half. It's just, this is a combination of Bo Nix isn't as explosive as, um, as Michael Penix is, like I said, I think Oregon's defense is way better than Washington. So Caleb is going to have more problems. If, if USC quits early, this could be like a Notre Dame ish sort of situation where they only put up a, a total in the twenties, but I don't think Oregon's going to put up a total in the forties. I think it's probably more likely that they put up a total in the thirties. So all of that to me adds up to just take the under here because it's going to be, unless this is like a, Pac-12 classic sort of game, and I just I, I don't see really the, that that's happening. And even if it does, this is going to be to me on the lower scoring end. Because the other thing too is you subtract Alex Grinch from the equation. I think that's sort of addition by subtraction. So USC's defense can't really play worse. And even if, like you know if they play the same, Bo Nix is just not as good a quarterback as Penix. If they play any better, he's not scoring you know in the fifties. So. 
All that to me adds up to 73 and a half is a lot. Let me just take the under here. Um, if this game's competitive, it probably stays under the total. If it's very one-sided, uh, I think that's to Oregon's side, not to USC's. And that will probably mean that USC doesn't score a lot. So I'll take the under either way. I just feel like that's a smarter play here. I don't, I, I, I like the analysis. I, I kind of agree with you on, on most of this. And, and I, I think we kind of agree that 15, it seems like a lot for, for USC to be like, yeah, it's huge. It's so yeah. many points. Um, in a, unless, in a unless there's an, unless there's an injury to cable of Williams, like we're not aware of like 15 is way too high. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to picks. You want to go first or second? Uh, I can go first. Um, okay. I have a couple. I have several picks. Let's call it that. But uh, I'll rattle them off quick once you're done. I have 10 on the board. Um, yeah, I have one and a half man. unit, which I'll get to second to last. Um, just because, yeah, you, you'll see. Um <laughs> All right, uh, starting in the 12 o'clock window, I'm going to take Kentucky with the points at home. Um, big game, letdown spot for Alabama. Uh, Kentucky's no longer ranked. Kentucky still looked good against uh, Mississippi State, but Mississippi State is not really good. Um, so I think that kind of contributes to this inflated line. Bama's playing with a lot of confidence, but I still think Kentucky's defense is pretty good. I think they'll try to run the ball. I think they'll try to control the clock. This is a sneaky spot for Alabama against a team that has a decent amount of talent. 11 in this spot just feels like too many points. Um, the I think there's a split here that favors us too. Um, going back up. Yeah, 68% of the cash is on Kentucky compared to 56% of the tickets. I Like I said, just feels like too many points. I there's to me there's not really a shot Kentucky wins this game outright, but I like them to cover eleven. I think this probably ends more like in a Bama seven point win, and and Bama in these spots uh, this year has just not covered spreads. Um, and, and I'm going back to find them, um, but there's a couple that stick out to me. Uh, sorry, as I stall here. Um, they they dominate Mississippi State, but uh, let me find these. I mean, Texas A&M, they beat by six on the road. Then they come home, and they barely beat Arkansas by three. Uh, so that was the one I was thinking of, where it's just a, a lower, not lower-tier SEC team, because I think Kentucky's better than that, but a spot where they really felt like they had a sense of security and didn't play particularly well. So, um, yeah, I, I like Kentucky with the points there. We talked about Michigan minus four and a half. I'm going to take the Arizona-Colorado under 55. I've been on these Colorado unders recently because Colorado is playing better teams that are able to get consistent pressure. The OC switch doesn't really make much sense for Colorado, and they've just really struggled at the beginning of games. And Arizona is playing really good defense. I think the total last week, uh, I have it here. Uh, yeah, it was 62 with Oregon State uh, in Colorado. Same, similar situation, but an earlier game. But Arizona's offense is probably about a touchdown worse than uh, Oregon State, so I kind of get it from that perspective. Um, but overall, I think Arizona is going to come into this game still fired up. They're playing really well. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. And I just 
uh, like Colorado's offense is going to continue to struggle. And 55 is just a ton of points. This feels like a game where both teams score kind of in the 20s. Uh, and that, you know, I would say lean towards the lower end of that because that's sort of where Colorado's totals have been finishing recently. And, and Arizona's a pretty good defense. So, um, yeah, under 55 feels like a, a, a pretty easy, you know, winner here. Uh, I'm going to take Northwestern and Wisconsin under 42 and a half. Uh, both of these teams have struggled offensively. I, this happened to me last week with Illinois, Minnesota, where I just saw a Big Ten West total at 43 or above and said, why is that number where it is? So I took it. Um, and it didn't work out. Uh, I didn't watch the game, so I can't tell you why, other than these teams kept trading points for no reason. So maybe that happens to me again. Um, but Northwestern's offense only put up seven on Iowa. Uh, so I just – I don't know how both of these teams are getting the 20-plus points each. Uh, so give me under 42.5. I'm going to skip this next one, save it till the end. Uh, Miami plus 14 at Florida State. Everybody's low on Miami because they've lost back-to-back games uh, and not look good doing – or sorry, I think they beat – last week they beat Virginia in double overtime. Uh, sorry, not last week, two weeks ago. And then they obviously only scored three points on the road at NC State. 14 is too many in the spot in this rivalry spot. I get that Florida State might get Keon and uh, and Johnny Wilson back for this game. Uh, and maybe Florida State is just up for this one. I don't think this is like a full unit sort of play, but I have a, a suspicion that like looking at Miami's schedule the rest of the way, I don't know what games they still have left to really play for. Um and so if that's the case, it, this just – oh, I guess they, they get Louisville at home. Um, but to me, this just feels like if if Miami's going to go all out for a game left on their schedule, this is going to be the one. So I, I just think there's a chance Miami keeps this dangerously close to the fourth quarter. Um, I, I can see where Florida State just blows them out, but I, I just – I think this game's going to be sneaky competitive. Um, going along the Colorado, Arizona, uh, underline, I'm also going to take the under in Oregon state at home against Stanford. This is just Stanford's not very good. And Oregon state's offense hasn't looked nearly as good as it did at the beginning of the season. Uh, the total 54 and a half. I just, I don't see that, you know, same sort of equation. I don't see maybe Oregon state gets into the thirties. That's the case. I just don't see Stanford doing the same. Um, and it's just a lot of points for these two teams. So uh, Oregon State's defense is still good. They've got some big games coming up down the stretch. Uh, so I just I like these two teams to play a competitive game that's relatively low scoring. Uh, under here feels like a, a smart play, and I'm trying to look up the splits. I think the splits help me here. Uh, sorry, as I stall again, stalling. Um, yeah. <laughs> 50-50 split for the public on over-under. 99% of the cash is on the under. So clearly Vegas agrees with me here. Um, we talked about my other two picks, so I've got uh, another one here. UNC, I'm going to take them. I Deep down in places I won't talk about if I'm analyzing this game, I, I don't like UNC by more than two scores. I just, like, they haven't looked good the past two weeks against teams that or past three weeks, the teams that aren't Campbell, obviously they lost to Georgia Tech and Virginia. 
I Duke's going to play them tough. Elko's going to come out with all the wrinkles on defense. And I just late in the season last year has poisoned my brain to where I don't trust UNC down the stretch to really play like su- as superb as they did at the beginning of the season. The only uh, I'm on this game one because I'm never going to bet UNC. Uh, or, or sorry, I'm never going to bet Duke against UNC. That will never happen. Uh, I would rather die than do that. Um, but the public tickets, 83% of the public is on Duke here, and I understand why. 61% of the cash is on Duke. So at least some of the Vegas Sharps think that UNC has a chance to cover even two scores. And when I think about it, if UNC gets ahead early in this game, Duke is on a third-string quarterback, and they are just not going to have the capacity to come back. And if UNC's defense returns to form – as opposed to what it's looked like the past three weeks, I think there's a real chance this could get kind of ugly. So, um, like I said, half unit here. Uh, I don't know what it'll get up to if it keeps going up. I, I thought it would have come down below two scores, uh, two full touchdowns anyway, but I I will say UNC minus 14 and a half. And then the last one, Alex, we're going back to the well. Do it. We're going back. Rutgers, Iowa, under 28. Uh, We were going to talk about it, so let's talk about it because I'm doing the same thing. They're both so bad on offense. Like It it was 31 and a half last week, and it wasn't even close. In one of the ugliest games you'll see, Rutgers kicked three field goals inside of the four-yard line against Ohio State. This is a different type of game script, but they are just not a good offense, and neither is Iowa. So... I get it. 14 to 14 going overtime. You already lost. But I just, this is going to be a 14 10. This is going to be a 14 12. This is going to be a 12 to 9. This is going to be some sort of ridiculous baseball score that you've never seen before, but it'll stay under 28. This is Vegas just trying to scare you out of taking this game. Don't fall for it. Under 28. Yeah, I, I'm on the same one there. I, I mean, and, and if you're not aware, all these low, low unders like this in college football, they always hit. They always hit every single time they hit, so might as well take it. Um, and honestly, Iowa's defense is stifling. Rutgers is not going to get off the mat on this. I would be surprised if, honestly, I might do a uh, small bet on final score, 3 nothing Iowa, because just like that's the nature of this game, truly. Um, all right, I'm going to run you through some... 91% of, of the cash on the under there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At uh, 28, 91% of the cash is on the under. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, here's my picks. I'm going Southern Miss, plus 10.5 at uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Southern Miss is not a horrible team they're not great but uh cajuns are five and four i don't think you're gonna see anything special here also a system play tons of money over uh percentage of bets on this one uh maryland at nebraska i'm taking maryland minus two and a half nebraska has been playing really not great football this whole year uh maryland usually comes out surprises a few people on a little bit of a loss streak against some decent teams um the one surprising there being Northwestern that they lost to, but give me Maryland to cover here um, in a game where they can kind of bounce back and get, get back uh, ready for bowl season. I'm going to take 
Uh, Illy minus six and a half against Indiana. Indiana is a very bad team. Illy's an average team. Six and a half, not too much here. Also, 97% of the money uh, on this uh, bet on Illy minus six and a half. I'm going to go Baylor plus 20 and a half. Um, a little bit of a system play, but um, mostly just that I think 20 and a half for Baylor, it's just a little much. There's going to be 15 mile an hour wins. Uh, at K-State, so not easy to throw the ball. And I just – three touchdowns to cover seems like a lot for Kansas State to do, uh, especially after losing to Texas in, in a kind of a one-off there. Um, and Baylor, not a horrible team, not a great team, but not a horrible team. I think three touchdowns is just a bit much. Uh, I'm going to take San Diego State plus three-and-a-half uh, at Colorado State. Colorado State, not a very good team. San Diego State – struggled the past two weeks uh they did put up 41 against hawaii they've been you know neck and neck with some of these teams playing pretty decent uh g5 teams uh, i think they'll cover against uh colorado state who has just been in a tailspin uh again 13 percent of the bets but 62 percent of the money on that one uh lsu minus 13 and a half the gators are bad that's pretty much why i'm betting um also falls it, into the system, but yeah, 13 and a half, get it before it jumps to 14. Uh, that one, I, I think that line will swing wildly depending on the late week reports on Daniels. Because yeah. if it's Nussmeyer with Mertz on the road, I think there's a chance that Florida can keep that game competitive. But if it's Jaden Daniels, yeah, no. Uh, also of note, 20% chance of rain. So just keep an eye on the weather. If it really goes bad, you might want to bet the under. Also, funny little story. Uh, a, a reporter asked Billy Napier post game about the special teams miscues because I think they had three critical penalties on special teams in that in that Arkansas game, and uh, his response was, uh, "What specifically are you referring to?" Um, which is just, uh, like they can't fire Billy Napier, but maybe they should. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I have uh, Mississippi State plus 19 at Texas A&M. A&M is not better than Kentucky and is not better than Auburn. 20, I'm sorry, 19 points would have covered both of those spreads uh, against those teams. Uh, so give me Mississippi State plus 19. I don't love this bet, I will say, but that usually is the one that hits, uh, ironically. Uh, I'm going to take the under in Georgia Tech-Clemson. Uh, two teams that play each other somewhat tough-ish. Clemson's not good. Uh, these teams always end up playing each other in the AAC, and it's like a 21-20 game. So I'll take the under here at 55.5. Uh, give me the over in the Wyoming-UNLV game, 50.5. Uh, Wyoming can put up some scores, uh, and so can UNLV. Uh, so I think this goes over 50.5. I'm going to take the under in the JMU-UConn game at 48.5. Just a system play, same thing. Um, Larger percent of the money there uh, on the under than percentage of bets. Uh, I also shout out JMU, going 9-0 so far. Um, I don't think that changes here against the 1-8 UConn. Uh, And then I'm going to take the over 37.5 in the Pitt-Cuse game. Kind of got a feeling these two are going to put up more than 37. Obviously a low total, not an incredibly low total with Iowa, where Iowa plays a stifling defense. These two teams play decent defenses, but nothing to write home about. I think 37 is just a little low. If one of these teams gets one college football play, and you're going to see the overhit. 
my only concern there is that that game's at Yankee Stadium, and I feel like off venue uh, games tend to trend under. Though I have yeah, no support. That's for that. true. No one at Yankee Stadium scores, so the over might be. Tough. Yeah, that no, that's a hundred. Dude, don't get me started on Brian Cashman. <laughs> I'll lose my mind. Like if you really, if you really want this podcast to go off the rails, we can talk about Brian Cashman's. We, we, we can talk baseball. <laughs> Just specifically, Brian Cashman is rat face bald head in his stupid ass press conference yesterday. Uh, he thinks they're pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm aware. Oh, he. Th- yeah. <laughs> I think I'm also the best at my job. Uh, all right, that's <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good at what I do too. <laughs> that's been our show. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>